Adventure Mondays with Nancy podcast. Get inspired. Break through to new dimensions with your entrepreneurial peers on the path to self-leadership mastery and life success. Redefine how you lead as you redesign your business. I call this dual innovation leadership. Take charge of who you next become. Feel more deeply to think, act, lead, and mentor more clearly and effectively. Discover something new from our meaningful conversation today. Hi, I'm Nancy. Welcome to episode 371. Develop a Feng Shui Practice with Julianne Siegel. Julianne Siegel is here to help us understand how to use Feng Shui to change our spaces and lives. You can find her book, Change Your Space to Change Your Life, anywhere you purchase your books starting July 8th. Today, we will learn how to change our lives by developing a feng shui practice using five energy tools and five elements that she talks about in her book. To give you a little bit more background about Julianne Siegel, she's an interior designer, feng shui consultant, and the owner of Metro Interiors, a design firm dedicated to creating beautiful spaces through mindfulness, energy, and intention. Julianne is also the author of her new book that I just mentioned, Change Your Space to Change Your Life. Always on the cutting edge, Julianne's dynamic approach utilizes styles from eclectic to classic, modern to traditional, blending the ancient art of feng shui with various contemporary interior design practices. Metro Interiors redesigns spaces to reveal environments rich in comfort, beauty, balance, and harmony. She wants to bring this into your spaces. So in our conversation, Julianne and I just jumped right into defining what a feng shui practice is. In last week's conversation, Julianne taught us about her writing journey and the foundation of feng shui and how Julianne designed spaces. There are three ways to live with intention, using your energy having some design goals, and learning some tools, which Julianne outlines at the end of each chapter of her books, that help you kind of integrate the feng shui practice into your um, home and life. Julianne introduced a be, do, have exercise to help us clarify what we want. I find this exercise good to do every year. So you can find those in the show notes of episode 370. Julian starts chapter three with what practicing feng shui means. Anytime you start a new practice, it reminds me of when Matthew, Olivia, and I became vegan. Individually, we educated ourselves before we could make a commitment. So that involves research and, you know, viewing documentaries and finding out how, you know, we learned how to eat meat and dairy and cheese and eggs and what importance that had in our life then and the other options that we have now. It's all about the psychology of choice, you know, making sure that we understand the choices that we're making in our lives and not that we're influenced. Like sometimes it takes unpacking what you've been taught in order to develop a new practice. 
So after we committed to give a few months to experience what it's like to be plant-based, over two years later, um, we're still going strong. And we added some flexibility to ensure that we could do it in all spaces. So now we say we're 98% plant-based. Sometimes in some spaces, there are just very few options, if any, to eat plant-based foods, which is rare now, but it still does happen. So what I didn't expect in our decision-making was how our decision had a ripple effect on all of our relationships, even with strangers. I once went to Papa Murphy's to get a couple of pizzas to share a meal with friends. It took three times for the pizza maker to create a vegan pizza. She got everything right up until the cheese. She would grab the regular cheese instead of the alternative plant-based cheese product out of habit. Through the process, she increased her awareness and kept her energy in the spirit of getting my order right. We were laughing hysterically by the end. Then as I went to grab a couple of salads before paying, I noticed every salad had meat, cheese, or egg on it. It was a real bummer. I wanted just, you know, a regular salad without cheese or a meat product or eggs on it. So we continued laughing, and since then, they've added plant-based salads to their offerings. So you can see that this ripple effect, when you change your life positively and also negatively, has a, a ripple effect to other relationships and other people that we connect with. And so when this happens, when you add this new practice of feng shui into your space, you'll notice a ripple effect with other people. And it's wonderful when people come into your space to feel the energy of your space. And I noticed this too, um, we've got a new dog, a miniature schnauzer, and she, you know, I've been working on understanding the energy and intentions that you have with your, when you're training your pet and how that influences them more than giving verbal commands and your behavior. So these things can, you know, apply all, all across the board, whether it's in your house or outside of your house. But starting a feng shui practice involves your understanding uh, on a deeper level, your energy and its influence and how you can use your intentions to really develop this feng shui practice. We start our conversation figuring out what clutter is and what to do with it. Enjoy. I want you to know what clutter is. It's things you do not use or love. You know, wouldn't it be nice to have the things that you own that have a happy, joyous, and positive experience or energy attached to it? Things that are untidy or disorganized would be considered clutter. Too many things in too small of a space. For example, if there's if you have that, there's no breathing room and you can actually feel constricted in your life. And I actually have a client who had so much clutter that it was affecting her body and she started having um, problems with the circulatory part of her body. And I really think the clutter, the whole thing, you know, didn't help her case. Um, also, anything unfit, unfinished, whether it's physical, emotional, mental, or spiritual when you know if it's a physical thing for example that knitting project that you have in the closet that you started five years ago and never finished every time you open the closet there's a little bit of that 
maybe anxiety that you never finished it, even if you're not aware of it. So either decide to finish it or let it go. And just know that if you want to take up knitting again, that maybe you can afford to go buy a new pair of needles and some some yarn. It affirms, you know, prosperity and abundance as well. So it's okay to let things go or give them away. Find a, another place for them. It will help you. One thing that you mentioned to me that I thought was so valuable um, in the same category of, you know, where to start with the clutter is also to fix things. You know, like oh, yeah. we had a, we had something in our fridge, our fridge was dripping, our microwave wasn't working properly. We hadn't mm-hmm. used our dishwasher for like six, seven years because, you know, we had tried to fix it and it didn't. And then we realized, well, maybe we can just do without this thing. But, uh, you know, it worked well with a small family until you would entertain. And then it was like, you know what? I don't want to spend, you know, I spend a lot of my youth growing up in a big family without a dishwasher, washing like, dishes. And I'm, I'm like, this is reminding me of those years that I don't need to be right. doing to wash those dishes. And so yeah. we ended up like fixing everything. Like we That's got great. all new appliances and then it opened up some space for you to come in to work with us right. on designing yeah. our entrance ways. Some yeah. More, yeah, put some more decorative touches that make you feel good into the home, but it probably helped you flow better in the home. Cause every time, like when something's broken, it's a sign that something is broken in your life. So you have to really think about that, um, why you're not fixing things. And, you know, a lot of people fix things when they're going to move. Why not keep up on things and live in a house that flows and feels good to you rather than fix it up for somebody else when you leave? Yeah. Yeah. I really believe in that. That's for sure. Well, um, uh, there are five energy tools that help us to develop um, well, wait, before that, um, I wanted to know what the difference is between goal setting and intention setting. And I appreciated that you really clarified that in your book. Right. Oh, well, in a simple way, I can say that um, I look at goal setting as the broader picture, such as I want better health. I'm going to have better health. Um, that's your goal. But What's your intention? Your intention might be to eat vegan, like, you know, you said, and or exercise four times a week, whatever it is. And maybe it includes getting a physical, you know, so these are your intentions that you're going to make happen now, but it's all with the goal of having better health. That oh, I see. So your intentions, yeah, I, I intention setting aligned with your goals. Right. Exactly. That's how I look at it. For okay. Sure. Yeah. You know, there's one thing I want to say about feng shui too, if if I can say this about, you know, part of this whole process is about bringing your authentic self into your space and incorporate it into your home by recognizing your truth, who you are, and bringing that into your home. Because a lot of people are living in, I think, a disconnect between who they are and how they're living in their space. So just think of it as being helping you become your authentic self more and more. I like that becoming because it takes many um, decades really to uncover right. who we authentically are. Yes. yes. And, and it's so, yeah, right. There are five energy tools and five elements in a feng shui practice. And there's so much more to the feng shui practice, but I just wanted to kind of 
have us kind of walk into it first with the five energy tools. Why did you choose five energy tools and what do they have to do with our spaces? These are the ones that have helped me the most in my life and the ones I've incorporated more. There's so many more and I have used others and love them. But like I said, why it helps is because you always have to be working on your inner self too to reflect a better outer self. Um, So I want to also say that your space is a reflection of your life. So who you are inside needs to reflect the outside, but you can also create the outside to help you have a better interior, which is what you want. You know, you get clear on what that means to you. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah, totally. What do vision boards, journaling, breathing exercises, words of affirmation, and wind chimes overall help you do? Well, I could go through each one briefly. Um, Vision boards help you get clear on what it is that you want in your life because you have to take images of things that you want to have happen and put them on these boards. But you got like to do the be, have, do exercise, get you clear on what it is that you want to have happen. Also, when I'm working with people on vision boards, I want them to think, what do they want their home or office to feel like and put visions of that, you know, if they can have anything in the world that they want and have a a family room that feels like this or a bedroom that feels like that, it might not actually become exactly that, but you can get that energy, that feel, even in a smaller home, you might put a mansion up, you might get that mansion, but maybe you just get the energy of that feeling into your home. So it's really important to Think about that. Also getting clear on what you want. So you know how to set up your home. You know, are you going to work out of your home? Is that something new for you? Do you want to play a card game, play card games or games with your family? Maybe getting a game table is going to be important. You get clear so you can see where you can change your space to change your life to make these things happen as well. You are teaching on vision boards. And so I would encourage listeners to check out June 17th or August 26th, either one of those dates from 9.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. You can join Julianne at the Plymouth Community Center, which is in the Twin Cities. You get a chance to understand feng shui and how to put your vision boards together in kind of a new way. And Julianne's great with having, you know, all that you need there, right? Right. You've got all the tools. I I bring all the um, materials. I just ask that everyone brings three or more magazines to share with the class and know that there's going to be ripped up and everything. So I bring a lot of magazines, but I want everyone to bring assortment of magazines so we get a large, good assortment to work with. So it's a really fun class. Yeah. And you and I had worked on our own separate vision boards together, um, you know, outside of class. Yeah, I was thinking about that. When we did a We Mentor Lab, you know, I was looking on my vision board, realizing that the redesigning of our house has is, you know, that's what I wanted. It's happening. We've got a new roof. We got all new appliances. The things on my vision board are happening. I'm circled with wonderful people that bring right. energy and lots of love and genuinely love who I am. My work has really taken on a different shape. I'm even attracting different clients. All of that kind of stemmed. 
Yeah. yeah, it took a huge leap. And Olivia's doing well in school and, and her life is taking shape and she's on my vision board and Matthew's uh, loving relationship and he and I have grown on our relationship and we have fun also doing okay. yoga together. You know, he's got a, a couple of classes and we, so there's like things that we're doing together. We're now even expanding into myofascial work uh, that we're doing. I mean, Matthew's a real estate attorney by the day and a yoga teacher by night really is how he frames it. Right. Um, <laughs> but your vision board, when you understand kind of the energy of feng shui and grasp the tools, you also talk about the bagua. 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 Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I mess that okay. up. Which, That's okay. <laughs> yeah, which is something that people will need to, you know, read your book to understand a little yeah, bit so more. For the Bagua, I am teaching a class online through my publisher, Llewellyn Worldwide. I'm sure if you go to their website, you could find LlewellaCon, which is a conference where I will be teaching a half hour class on using the Feng Shui Bagua. So if you want to get a little more information on how to use the feng shui bagua, which is a map that you lay over the blueprint of your space that corresponds to a specific area of your life. And by placing specific objects in these areas where you want to make a change or make things happen, um, you can do that. And it's it's another way to to get what you want and have happen what you want. Look that up. And I, I can't remember. It's a Sunday, maybe June 24th or 25th is when I will be doing my class. You know, it comes to you in ways that you don't anticipate. You know, that's right. why like letting go of the outcomes. Well, Mike Dooley always says those are the cursed hows. You can't um, say how it's going to happen. That's going to mess you up every time if you're going to try to control the outcome. So you have to just let it, things happen. And they you just focus on the end result because that's where you want to go, the end result. But how you get there, you let it be a journey. You let the universe take you. Just focus on what the end result is. And you put those on your board. And it doesn't mean you don't have a plan. Right, right. You have to take action, but you have to be open and use your intuition as well to kind of flow through life and, and not try so hard. You need to be open to when an opportunity comes. You might not think, oh, that's nothing, where it's really the gateway to where you want to go. So you just have to stay open. Excellent. All right. So we've got our first energy tool, which you have found helpful throughout your life is to create a vision board. And some people do this annually and some people do it every few years. The second one is journaling. There's many different types of journaling. We've heard, uh, I've been journaling since high school. How has journaling worked for you and how has it changed? Well, that's not been one of my like things of all these tools that I've used the most, but I have used it. And I do um, believe in it, you know, after writing a book and everything. But I started with a diary when I was a teenager and used to write down my experiences. It's interesting to go back and you can see how you've grown and ideas. And then you can write about your thoughts and ideas on what has changed. And you can see how you've grown when you look back. It's really interesting. But one of the things that I'm working on now that kind of ties into this is automatic writing where I journal, but I channel it. Um, I let the energy just come through me and I just start writing. And it's it's interesting what comes out because you got to get into a very Zen 
space when you do this, like very early morning or very late at night when the energy is more quiet around you, because you start writing and you get answers to questions and you write about your life, but you're not totally controlling it. It's just coming out. And that's just one way I'm journaling today. Journaling can really give you some strong insight into who you are and what you want to be, what you want to do. Even if you are not into writing, you can write down every night before you go to bed. Like what are the, what three things were you most grateful for that day? And just either write a little bit about it. You know, those three things that are grateful and it brings you into a higher vibration when you start thinking about what you're grateful for. And the the gratitude practice. mm -hmm. Yeah, just, you know, journaling like that. So we have vision boards, we have journaling. Our next area that you find very helpful as an energy tool is breathing exercises. There are so many breathing exercises now and apps to choose from. It's really wonderful. So what are your favorites? I've done for many years. I studied with a man named Patrick Weissman. I talk about him in the book. I learned a practice called unlimited breath. You may be able to find it on the internet, but I do go through the process in the book. And it's from breathing from your um, upper lungs, not down in your abdomen. Um, And it's a faster kind of type of breathing. You have to kind of learn the process. And it's always good to have a coach watch over you. And one thing I learned when I did this breathing process or, you know, years ago is I would be doing this breathing and I, I would be like, I can't do it anymore. I'm so tired. I can't do that. And my coach would say, this is how you feel about your life. He made me aware. He said, just keep doing it. And I pushed past that. And all of a sudden that energy lifted. It didn't, if you push past it, or, or am I going to make life difficult? Because I'm like, this is hard. I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Push past it. And it's amazing because it changes your life. So breathing can really change your life. And there's a, a woman I met in the last year. Her name's Terry Peterson. She teaches another type of breathing practices. And I've studied under her. And I do every most new moons or full moons, she'll do on a Zoom call with a bunch of people and do the breathing together. And it's very, very powerful. I really highly recommend that you look her up. Um, but she, her logo is um, change your breath to change your life. So okay. we're very, very similar in that. But I totally, breathing processes can really get you unstuck and make you aware where you might be having some trouble in your life in the way you're thinking so that you could change those thoughts. Like Patrick helped me change my thought that life is easy. It's not like I was breathing and this is too hard. I don't want to do it anymore. It's like, that's how you feel about life. So let's make it easy. Just keep breathing. And I got past that. And when you're done, you feel like so good. Like you let go of a lot of unwanted emotion and stuff. The most impactful breathing exercise that I've ever done was during yoga teacher training. The group of us teachers were in a circle. We were lying on the floor with our heads faced in the circle. Okay. And we had a drum beat going for an hour we were right. breathing in and out and and the instructor instructed us to, we were changing our patterns of breathing at different times. Right. You know, I never looked at the breath the same 
after that. And yeah. I mean, that's what the whole yoga practice is, is the breathing exactly. exercise and how to work with yeah. your breath. But when you first start, you're thinking, well, what's the big deal? I mean, I've been breathing, you know, my <laughs> whole life. I mean, without breath, you know, what is there, right? There's death. Right. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's an automatic thing. But what we don't understand or what we need to keep learning or expanding our learning in is that your breath is used to help with all of your organs and to keep it energized. And so not only in your mind, but also in your body. And to understand that your breath can inform you where you've got, you know, tricky thoughts that are stuck or where in your body, if you've ever been, you know, shamed or traumatized in your body, you shut off to that point you know, in your bodies. Oh, I believe. Yeah. And to do that process and have a coach. It's so important to have a coach that knows what they're doing right there with you. So you can reconnect with your body and your mind and be more present to it. Or if you've got a job, like, you know, the woman that I talked about at, at Papa Murphy's, you know, pizza, like, you know, we get robotic, right? In certain tasks that we do every day, even washing dishes or laundry or, you know, any type of repetitive task or in business, there's like so many different T's that you need to cross and I's that you need to dot in paperwork. And so you can get really numbed out to what the experience is, but taking your breath and bringing it into your daily practices is really wonderful. And I'm so glad that you included that. You're not breathing correctly, which sounds funny because you got to breathe to live. But if if you're not breathing like maybe too shallow or different things, it can cause actual mental illness. And it can cause a lot of things um, when you're not anxiety. Yeah, anxiety. Exactly. And that can spiral downhill. So, so, yeah, understanding how our breath works in our favor (laughs) and how we, yeah, go ahead. When you said about the drums and stuff, um, I want to say that Terry Peterson, when she does her breath work, she has this amazing music that we're breathing through and it has a lot of drum beat and, and it's, it's very um, happy music, but, but strong. And then she also has us She'll coach us to be making movements too. Like you said, different types of breathing or or movements or making sounds as we're breathing as well. I kind of want to do it right now because I get so lost after that. Yeah. And it, well, it really is grounding. The drum beats bring us into, it's like, it feels safe. It feels secure. Um, We feel emotionally like we're connecting and grounded into our bodies. The drumming helps do that. Yeah. Yeah. So the fourth way of expanding um, or using our energy tools in a, a feng shui practice is words of affirmation. So who was your inspiration and how did you get started with words of affirmations? My biggest um, inspiration came from Louise Hay. She wrote many things. I don't know if she was the one that started affirmations, but I, I don't think so because I think she learned it at a conference I read once and but made it bigger through her books, um, You Can Heal Your Life. I started writing affirmations when I was young. I remember even when I started in business and I was more fearful about, oh, how do I meet work with clients and how, you know, I'm scared and I have to sell and you know, how do I do that? So I would say affirmations about it that clients love me and, you know, they hear what I have to say and, you know, just 
create and and I feel joyful and happy, you know, things of that nature and reading them over and over gets into your subconscious and helps you to live that way. Yeah. So, yeah, she's amazing. I highly recommend Louise Hay books. Yeah, you can heal your life. I I mean that's I still refer to her book because she breaks up you know, if you're having any ailment, like, you know, I've had issues. Well, she relates that to, you know, movement forward. You know, I can say, oh, maybe I am struggling with, you know, moving forward. And it doesn't mean that I still didn't need to get my both hips replaced, but it helped me to understand that I I am struggling with moving forward in my life, you know, and that I needed some affirmations to help me work through right. uh, moving the forward body, in my life. Mind, the body-mind connection is very, very real. <laughs> people, Some people don't think that they, you know, but it's so real when you study it and, and observe it yourself. Yeah. You just really see the connection. So tell us about Jane's house in Laguna beach, which you mentioned in your book. Years ago, right before I went through a divorce, I was making jewelry and bookmarks that I would sell on kind of on the side of my interior design practice. It was kind of a hobby and I enjoyed doing that. Oh, the bookmarkers. Yeah, yeah, right. Markers and keychains. And I would make, I called my keychains and bookmarks every day's a vacation because I was going through a hard time in my relationship. Um, We were thinking about divorce at that time. And I just wanted to feel like it, I would feel when I was on vacation, like you're free, no worries, relaxation, you could do what you want, you could sleep in, all that. That's I said that every day and I looked at my tags and every day is a vacation. And one thing that happened shortly after that, when I went through divorce, is a client of mine who I became very close with decided to buy a home actually in, at first out in Laguna Beach. And she started to send me like four times a year to go decorate and take care of this place. When I was there, I realized, oh my gosh, every day is a vacation. I was there to work because Laguna Beach is a vacation spot. It's like one of the, it's my home away from home. It's all about the art. So I resonated with it so much. They had great restaurants, fun shopping, the ocean. We had a house up in the hills. And then at one point she's like, well, maybe we need a condo because it's harder to take care of when we're not there. So she let me pick out the condo on the beach and she went out and and liked the one I picked out and bought it. And so then I was right on the beach and this went on for like seven years And at some point, she ended up in 2020, it didn't make sense for her to keep it anymore and end up selling it. But for seven years, I had I was working there. And I was, you know, every day's a vacation, even though I was working, I was in vacation land, and I'd be doing work there, I'd be, you know, decorating and working with contractors, and I get them set up and I would go out and play, you know, and I come I saw work to do, but it was fun. And I was right on the ocean in this beautiful space, even in the winter, you know, how bad the winter can get here. So I would spend a lot of time in the beautiful sun and uh, in vacation land. That really, I think, happened out of my affirmations about every day is a vacation. And when I was actually going through a divorce, I would write down what I wanted my life to be like. And I wrote down things such as I want a client to send me to another place. So I didn't know who that would be. I had no idea. And it was one of my clients that I loved so much. She didn't know I wrote that down, but 
it ended up happening and I'll be forever grateful because it gave me um, a whole new perspective on life going through that experience too. It was yeah, good it helped for me. you change your yeah. life at that moment. Yeah. yeah expand. And I was changing the unit that I was staying in. The house at first, I made changes to. And the unit, I was changing it to reflect. Um, you know, I took her guidance, but she kind of let me do you know, I knew her so well, I could design for her, but we yeah. we brought a little bit of Minnesota to the beach because we designed it like a Minnesota home design, you know, might be designed because yeah. that's what she liked, but yeah. uh, it turned out very nice. So oh, that's great. I'll forever be grateful for that. Nice. Sometimes when we put energy out there or we put things on our vision boards or, you know, we end up like, a, you know, we get, so we attract something in our lives and we're like, oh, I guess I didn't want that. And you have a concept in your book called the feng shui adjustment. Right. Yeah. What is that? Well, when I go into a home, I can actually look at the space and kind of get a feel for what's going on in someone's life. I might not know every details and I check it out with them. I look at it to see what could be going on and we talk and I get, I find out what they want to have happen and, you know, their ideas and what's, you know, maybe not working in their life that they'd like to expand on or get better at. And then that's when we make an adjustment. So the adjustment can come, for example, using crystals. Um, sometimes it's just an energetic adjustment. Maybe there's a really long hallway. And sometimes in those long hallways, the energy moves too fast. And it's not good for the people living there. So what we do is hang a round faceted crystal. We hang it nine inches from the ceiling to the bottom of the crystal and because um, nine is an auspicious number in China and feng shui comes from China originally, we honor that and hang it because crystals will slow the energy down. So in the middle of that hallway, that's making an adjustment to calm the energy in that hallway. You can also calm any room by placing one of those in the center of the space on the ceiling because the center is always about health you know, whether it's physical, emotional, mental, or spiritual. So if you want to calm a space in a room to hang one of those round faceted crystals in the center of the space to calm it. Um, so that's one way you can use mirrors to make an adjustment by put, placing a mirror to expand an area. Um, today, I'm doing feng shui on my body. This is a mirror. See this little, oh, you, you can't see it in the podcast, but I have a little mirror yeah. necklace. It's it's a decorative mirror necklace, but it repels negative energy. So it helps you stay clear and not let anybody's negative energy come into your space. It with reflects that back to them. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> So that's but you're good energy. You're good energy. I'm not I'm not wearing it for you. So I, I'm like, oh Patty, here we go. No, no. Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing good to energy. with me. Yeah. <laughs> so those and then the feng shui adjustment, we use the bagua. And that's where I talked about the class I'm gonna give a half hour. I can't go into it fully, but you'll get the gist of it more. And I have a whole chapter dedicated to the bagua in my book on how to use that to like if you want more money or you want a better re love relationship or you want to strengthen your career, you can add objects into that space with that intention to Yeah. Because the Bagua helps you identify nine different areas of um, your life. 
of your right. life. That I find just very fascinating. But let's finish up the five energy tool. So we've got vision boards, journaling, breathing exercises, words of affirmation, and these all help us to really, you know, self-reflect, improve our mindset, and also help us set intentions. Because sometimes, you know, without examining our thought patterns, we won't make the connection to how those thought patterns affect our actions, intentions, and our goals. And so that's the point of having some energy exercises and tools are to help shift our internal energy, which also will change the energy in our room. So the fifth energy tool is wind chimes and bells. How do they work in our spaces? When you place a wind chime or bell with intention, it's about calling something into your life. Mm. Um, For example, you can lay out the bagua, like I said, on any, in a room, a home or on a surface. So I feng shui my desk and I find Oh, interesting. Yeah. I find the wealth area of my desk has a bell in it to call in so that finances keep coming in so I could keep running my business. But anytime I get a new check, I ring the bell and I put the check underneath the bell and that's calling in the energy of more money or more, you know, financial security, however you want to think about it. How, but it, how does that work when you have an, an electronic transaction? I, don't do, I try to do it with when I do get checks. So I suppose I do have a chime that I ring. It's so beautiful that I found in Hawaii, uh, but I'm sure you can find them here too. <laughs> One thing I want to mention is any of these bells or chimes you get, you want to make sure it's a very pleasing sound to you because some of them aren't as pleasing as others. Yeah. You want to think about what your intention is when you ring it. You can do an electronic transaction and tap and ring like my chime with the intention. So you can do it that way too. It's all about intention. So that's one of the big feng shui principles is all about your intention. Your your desires allows your intentions to come forth. Excellent. So now that we know the five energy tools to help us intentionally self-reflect, improve our mindset, and set deliberate intentions for our spaces, let's talk about using the five feng shui elements of metal, fire, earth, water, and wood to find balance and create a harmonious space. So when changing our spaces, you Julianne, you suggest asking yourself three questions. What are they? I want you to ask yourself, does your room or home reflect who you are today or who you want to become or think, or are you living in the past? So, mm-hmm. you know, I I want you to think about your favorite room or your whole home and, and ask you a, ask those questions. Who are you? Does it reflect who are today, who you want to become, or are you living in the past? Very good. And you incorporated the five feng shui elements to bring balance into uh, a person that you call Beth in her office space. Tell us about Beth and her transformation that you mentioned in the book. When I went into Beth's house, I noticed she we, she went, they wanted me to do some redesigning, decorating, but they didn't know where to start at all. And they thought maybe the living room. 
But when I walked into her office, which was right off the living room, and you can see right into there, it was very, very cluttered. It not only had lots of paper and too many bookcases and all that, and it felt dark in there. It also had a big couch in there behind her desk. There wasn't even much space behind the desk and the couch. And I said, well, do you use that couch? And they're like, no, it's just there was nowhere to put it. So I made her aware. I think that's the first time, like, why do you have it if you're not using it? So they did get rid of the couch. I was really proud of her because she totally decluttered on her own and got down to the bare minimal of what she could use. We did new furniture, paint, um, brighter window treatments. I had her keep one bookcase that we used and redesigned the room. You can see this on my website, too. If you go to the book page and look under the different chapters, you'll find Beth's so you could see what it looks like. But um, we, you know, made a big impact. And we do, when I do design, I do use all five elements because when you use five elements in a space, it feels balanced because each element has a different energy attached to it. So, excuse me. Yeah, like we've got a fireplace and uh, you suggested Mm -hmm. above our fireplace to add a picture of a lake or water. Right. Because sometimes there's too much fire. So to calm the energy, you want to add water because water puts out fire. So different elements diminish other elements. So you play with the elements that way. Sometimes you need more elements. Like if someone is going through depression and having a hard time getting out of bed, you might want to add a little more fire to the space to get them going because fire is about excitement and movement and all that. Um, It's active. So the five elements are wood, metal, fire, water, and earth. And basically, when you have all five elements present in a room, it's going to make it feel good. So I always say I not just make spaces look good, but I want them to feel good too. So I really work with the elements. And if someone needs a little bit more of one element, for example, say they need to get more focus in their life. So you want to add a little more metal to that space because that helps with focus. But for example, metal is not just the property metal. You can put a metal piece of furniture or metal sculpture. You can use actual metal, but it's also example would be by the color white or pastels is a metal energy. So metal, for example, is detail-oriented energy, precision and refinement. A lot of accountants have this energy. And so you use these five elements to balance the energy in the space. If you have an all white room and a lot of metal in it and there's too much metal, you're not going to feel good in most cases. It, it, it could be pretty for a minute, but if you spend time in there, it's just going to feel a little harsh. Yeah. I'm eager for listeners to start on their path to creating a feng shui practice in their spaces. You cannot do this without Julianne's book, Change Your Space to Change Your Life. And it's available, like I mentioned earlier, um, you can purchase it after July 8th. Julianne has provided us with practical ways to change our spaces. She has a valuable way of walking you through the process. I love it. Um, From my own experience, she's wonderful to work with in creating a space and life that you love. If you would like to take advantage of 
her Bagua class online and also participate in her vision board class. One date is on Saturday, June 17th or August 26 from 9.30 to 1 p.m. Connect with me at nancy at wementor.com and I'll make sure that you get signed up. This was a wonderful experience, but I do want to make a point that the free book is for just the vision board class because there could be thousands okay. of people on the... <laughs> on the Bagua. Yeah. Okay. Right. All right. Thanks for clarifying that. Yeah. Great. Thank you for being our guest mentor and showing us how we can change our spaces to change our life. I love the work that you're doing. I love you so much. And um, yeah, you're welcome. And (laughs) (laughs) thanks. And uh, keep tuning in and we'll see you all next week. expand your leadership skills and become more resilient and competent as a business owner? Do you want to bring more meaning to your relationships and more purpose to your business? Are you ready to take charge of how you innovate, create, and run your business? Our dual innovation leadership process will help you redefine how you lead as you redesign your business. We collaborate with you to do what will work for you as you evolve and change. We start with where you are, whether you are turning around a financial crisis, growing to the next level, or somewhere in between. We address your immediate needs, shore up business development gaps, expand relational literacy, and build upon your entrepreneurial leadership skill sets with the short-term results orientation and a long-term perspective. Start by subscribing to this podcast at WeMentor.com or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. If you are ready to hire a mentor, contact me at Nancy at WeMentor.com. When we mentor, you create better life and a more fulfilling future as an entrepreneurial leader slash innovator, as a competent business owner slash practitioner, as a mentor slash role model, and as a human being courageously living a meaningful life. As Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. Get involved today. It's never too late to change your life and how you lead.